Blog Talk Radio. Hi, and welcome to The Art of Film Funding. I'm your co-host, Claire Papan, along with Carol Dean, author of the best-selling book, The Art of Film Funding. Carol is also the founder and president of From the Heart Productions and the host of this show. Melinda Augustina is an actress, author, and social media professional living in Los Angeles. She began in social media to promote her short film, 350, back when MySpace was the bomb. Her short went on to over 40 film festivals, special museum screenings, and aired on television around the world for seven years. She has since used her social media experience and skills to help professionals promote their independent films, web series, fundraising campaigns, and college-level education. And Carol, I understand Melinda is a donor to your Roy Dean Film Grants, right? Yes, Claire, she is. And we really appreciate your joining us, Melinda. Of course. My pleasure to be here. Okay, well, let's go straight for it. Let's start with the title of our show. So please tell us, why do filmmakers need social media for their film? Well, um, every situation is different. Mostly you need social media so you can promote yourself. It's a promotional tool, just like press releases and all of the other things related to film um, marketing. And so I would personally argue that every filmmaker needs some social media for their own personal career and for the presence of each individual film. And um, every filmmaker needs to find their audience, and social media is a great tool to help you find your audience. And I think every artist of every kind eventually needs to and wants to find their audience, and social media is a great tool to do that. And you need a um, every film, I would say, needs at least a presence and a basic pulse on social media so that people know that you're there, you exist. Whenever you're, um, whenever a film is accepted into a film festival, the first thing they want to know is what are all of your social media channels and what are your hashtags that you're using and where is your website and all of these kinds of things. So it's expected by anyone other than your family watching your film. <laughs> Let's put it of that course. way. It's expected yeah. by everybody, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, when you say every film needs at least a pulse on social media, explain what you know, what that means. Um, you know, they, you, a presence is probably a better word. You know, a pre, you have to have a, a page, a Facebook page, um, possibly a Twitter page. It's not an absolute uh, Instagram page. And, um, Pinterest, possibly, depending on the subject of your film, and it all just, you know, every film is different, so every situation is different, but I would say if there's one thing every single filmmaker needs for their film, it would be a Facebook page. I would say that even before you do a website. If you don't have time to do a, yes, if you don't have the time to do a website, then, you know, the, my recommendation always is just have the title of your film, your website address would um, forward 
onto your Facebook page. When people would type in your website address, it would be forwarded to your Facebook page. If you're going to start, that's if you just want to start with no time, if you have no time and you have no money, that's like the bare minimum of what you would do. I've seen some films that have gone on to festivals that never do a website. They just have their website address that forwards onto their Facebook page, and that's where they do everything is on their Facebook page. Okay, well, tell us how much time you think this social media takes. What should they plan on? Yeah, everybody's situation is different. Now, your podcast focuses on filmmakers funding their films. Is that correct? Your podcast, yes. your book is The Art of Film Funding. And then is um, this podcast, really, people are listening for film funding. So I'll kind of put it within the context of that. Um, I personally describe things, many things, um, on a scale of 1 to 10. So if you're a filmmaker who already has distribution and you, you've done more than one film, you're going to spend, you know, maybe on a scale of 1 to 10, you're going to spend around, uh, you'll be in the area of 3 to 4. You're going to spend maybe maybe 30 minutes every other day. You don't need to be on there every day, but something every other day is sufficient. And that's because when you're when you have an established reputation and you already have distribution, you already have a team in place to help you promote your film. And your distributor is already busy marketing your film for you. So you don't really need to do that much for your film. So that's about 30 minutes every other day. But if you're a filmmaker and uh, – you're an artist with a vision and you don't really know anything about marketing for film, your commitment to social media is going to be a little bit higher. I'm going to say maybe one hour, five days a week on a scale of one to 10, you're going to hang out around five. So five days a week, maybe one hour a day, a post on Facebook, a post on Instagram and um, maybe a post or two on Twitter just And part of what I'm saying is not just posting. You're also going to be looking inside Facebook and looking inside Instagram and looking inside Twitter to find your people, to find your audience, to find the people who are going to be interested in your film. And well, then, how do you do that, uh, Melinda? Let's, uh, let's uh, Tell me how you look inside those right. companies to find your well, audience. Yeah, every, every social media channel has a search button search function at the top of the page, either on the left-hand side or the right-hand side, you'll see a little thing that says search with a magnifying glass, and you're going to type in your subject, or you're going to type in a hashtag that's really popular for your subject, and um, and then what's going to pop up is all of the people who are busy talking about that subject, and possibly they have a whole Twitter feed committed to that subject. On Facebook, you'll find many Facebook pages related to that subject, and you'll join those pages and you'll make friends inside those pages and you'll and then encourage those people to come on over and like your page over time and um, you know it's all it's really it's to me it's fascinating it's like it's like you have access to the whole world <laughs> it's just amazing and just by with a search button it's just crazy it's just so, so it's such a great thing when you start searching, when you use the search button, you really need uh-huh. to know the language of your film, what it, where you think the audience is, right? Because sometimes you, you may have four or five different audiences for a documentary film. 
Correct. And so you put all of those in, and you follow those to every Facebook page and start reviewing it and decide if that's a potential for you, if you should join their Facebook page. Right. And when you like a page, you're going to like it. I'm assuming now that you've already created your Facebook page, you're going to like it as your page, not as your personal self. So it's another Uh little digital footprint for your film out in the world, in the world of social media. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So you have two things going on because earlier you said that everyone needs it for their career and for their film. So uh-huh. do filmmakers create one for the career and then one page and then one for the film? Do you recommend? I that? think it depends. I think it depends on the person. Um, uh-huh. Everybody, you know, most people are creating at least a minimal LinkedIn page if they have a career. And um, and for them, that's enough. Every, everybody's got a different level of which they want to put their face out into the world. Some people want their film out into the world, but not necessarily their own face. So, it you know, everybody's kind of different. So it just depends on the person. But, yeah, um, if you're a big promoter for your own career, then you definitely want to be on LinkedIn and you want a professional page, like a fan page on Facebook for yourself and a page for your film. Um, if you're starting from scratch, then I and you have to choose: Am I going to do a page for myself, or am I going to do a page for my film? You definitely want to do it for your film. You want okay. to do it for your film first, and if you haven't done one for yourself, but if you have done one for yourself already, and you already have maybe a few hundred followers on your Facebook page for your professional page, let's say director slash someone, then you would um, go ahead and create your film page also. Okay. All right. So all right. So, all right. And and we're, so we're talking about people who want to raise money for their film, and they're using right. Facebook, and they're uh-huh. just starting out. So now you, we were at five days, uh, or five days a week, one hour each day. Yeah. Would be for, for the and what would one, they right. be? Yeah. What would they be doing? Right. For the next for uh, for that one hour a day, five days a week, as I said. That's the middle scale there for someone. They're just they're going to be creating posts for Instagram, and they're going to be searching for their people, you know. And depending on the kind of per- search, can actually eat up a lot of your time because it's so interesting. You're going to be seeing so many different things. Uh, but then on the third level, when people are using Facebook and Instagram to try and raise money for their film, um, fundraising or crowdfunding. That filmmaker's commitment to social media is going to be very, very high. You're talking about on a scale of one to ten, they're going to be in the eight or the nine on the social media scale. You need you need yourself either to love to interact with the public, or you need someone on your team who loves to interact with the public, who loves to interact with their fans, who loves to create social media content, and who loves to post the content. They love to ask for money, and they love to say thank you when the money does come in. That's a big, big commitment. So that's the kind of person you're talking about two or three hours a day on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter every single day. So wow. that's a different And it will pay off? Of You've seen this pay off? Uh, yes. Now, but in, in, it all depends on what you mean by payoff. Okay. So I think I, one of the most important things in uh, to me in understanding when you're going to be raising money is to understand and you're going to be crowdfunding. Um, you have to understand where that money is actually coming from and okay. how it's just like any other relationship. 
you're not going to start a Facebook page on Monday and by Friday getting $5,000 in donations. It just doesn't work like that. It's just like any other relationship. It takes time. So if your Facebook page is up for maybe six months to nine months before you start raising money, you're going to have a lot more success getting people to make small donations from your Facebook friends and your Facebook people who like your Facebook page to make to make small donations for you. Okay. Yeah, but it's not, you know, um, when if we're going into the fundraising aspect now, social media isn't a, it's not a magic wand that all of a sudden people will rain money down on your film project. It's, um, you know, it's all relationships and 80% of your money for a crowdfunding will come from people that you know and only 20% will come from friends of friends or residual friends or people that you meet on Facebook and Instagram. So, and again, it really just depends on your subject and, and the quality of your content too, you know, and what you're all depends. I I have to agree with you. I've seen that. Yes. I've seen that. 80, 20. Yes, happened it's true. Times. Every single, yeah, all the crowdfunding sites say the same thing. They all say the same thing. You know, it's 80% of the people that you already know and you've already talked to, you've probably met in real life, face to face. And they are the ones who are probably going to um, donate. That's the highest expectation of donation. Yeah. And then also, and if you- you're, go ahead. You mentioned something about using the words fundraising campaign instead of crowdfunding. Tell me more about that. Um, well, I'll tell you when we our, our last the last fundraising campaign that I worked on was The Weight of Honor, and um, uh, the documentary The Weight of Honor, which is now in film festivals. And we were really surprised at how many people did not understand the concept of crowdfunding. They didn't know what it was, and. And then they would say, well, and when we would explain it, they would say, oh, you mean like Kickstarter? And they're like, yeah, that's, yes, just like that. So um, it's interesting. And then um, I think there's two reasons to focus on the word fundraising in addition to crowdfunding, because crowdfunding gives an illusion that some stranger somewhere is going to hear about, someone in a crowd (laughs) is going to hear about your project and want to write you a really big check. Right. You know, is going to want to make donations or a whole crowd of people are going to want to donate to your project just because they heard about it from somebody. And I think that word crowdfunding is um, deceitful in a way because because of what it conjures up inside people. So it's not a random crowd of strangers who are going to donate to your film. It's your personal crowd, your personal. So for me, it's really important just to say fundraising rather than crowdfunding. I don't know why, but it just, um, crowdfunding to me, it just causes all kinds of issues. <laughs> no, it has caused. Everybody knows you're raising money. You say crowdfunding and, you know, the uh, personally, I think that somebody's going to say, well, let the crowd do it. I'm not going to do it. Somebody else in the crowd will do it. Make, your, make a donation. I'm not going to make it. It's just not, um, I don't know. I just think fundraising is more specific. It's just exactly what you're doing. You're raising funds for your film. Exactly. 
totally agree with yeah. you. I'm over here on the firing line. I have to explain crowdfunding to filmmakers every day who call me and say, well, I'm, my budget is 50000 and I'm going to crowdfund. And I say, so how many names on social media? Oh, I have 300. How about uh, how many emails do you have? <laughs> oh, I have 100 emails. And I said, and you think, have you done the math? what it would mean that every person would have to give you in order for you to get that money. And they say, no, right. the crowd's going to fund it. So it, right. then you have to explain that you have to bring your crowd to the crowdfunding. Right, yeah. It's the same, you know, it's it's really, um, in the world of independent filmmakers, you, if it's your first film and you don't have any experience and and, you know, you don't have a reputation already, it is a it's a kind of a lonely track you know it's not it's not, there's not a lot of people out there to help you and um it's really up to you and um you have to have you have to find those people who really believe in you and who want to help you make a project happen and you have to get those commitments in advance now it is possible that someone with 300 facebook fans and with 100 people on an email list, if all of those people are deeply committed to that project and deeply committed to that person, and each one of those people gives $100, you know, that's your first thousand right there. But even, you know, it's just not enough. I think, um, you know, Weight of Honor was very fortunate that they had several large donations um, and even a celebrity donation. But the, you know, it it's it's all such an intricate web of how it all works. You know, she, she uh, essentially was on the phone every single day calling the people who said that they wanted to make donations. And they made their donations. You know, but that was telephone. That wasn't social media. And we did get some, I would say probably $3,000 or $4,000 total from uh, sort of random social media people, but it wasn't random. It was people that um, had relationships on social media right. for a couple of years. They'd had a couple a relationship, you know, never met in person, but they met on social media and been talking for years, a couple of years. And those people made really nice sized donations too, you know, and they were already interested in the subject. So all of those things. Yes. Yeah. Now that's the key, isn't it? You have to find people who are interested in your subject matter. Right, you have to find people as as passionate or almost as passionate as you are about your subject. Yes. So, so if it's let's, dog, let's yeah, right. <laughs> you got millions of people waiting for you. <laughs> right. And babies, same. You know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've even seen celebrities run um, Facebook uh, crowdfunding campaigns, and they can't raise the money. You would think a celebrity, wow. because they have so millions of people who already know who they are, that they're going to be able to raise the money easily. And it's just not true. They they can't always do it, you know, because it's not their job. It's not it's not a total stranger's job to make sure your film happens. Right. So going back to how to find the audience on social media, you say mm-hmm. use the search bar, find out the language that best describes your audience, because you may have three or four or even six different threads of audiences based on the story yeah, you're telling. That's a really good point, Carol. Yes, that's a really good point. Yeah. Um, so for instance, I guess you could use The Weight of Honor as a, an example, the documentary The Weight of Honor. And 
Um, it was a care, veteran caregiver film, so you have people who are interested in veterans. You have existing military. You have military spouses was another one. Uh, and then actual caregivers, whether they were caregivers to veterans or just regular caregivers, both sides were interested in that. So, and many different, many different people. You had retired military. It's another subject, and um, those people were very interested. So, yeah, definitely very many different aspects to each subject. Right. So, so make a list. Make a list and work each list and work each one on the list until you have joined as many Facebook pages as possible. Well, can you well, also yeah, do and then that? you're gonna and then on Twitter, of course, and Instagram, you're gonna be following those people. And um, yeah, and then there's tools that um, that exist to help you organize it all. So it's not like you have to keep it all in your head. Oh, wonderful. Now, what are those tools? Tell me. Well, my favorite tool is Hootsuite, hootsuite.com, and it, it gives you a dashboard that allows you to organize so many hundreds of people that you're following, and you can put them into categories. So every day when you want to know what's happening in the world of veterans, you look at one column, what's happening in the world of veterans on Twitter. So you look at one column, and you've got all your veteran information, all your veteran tweets in one and another one, you're going to have all of your caregiver tweets. And another one, you're going to have all of your veteran caregiver tweets. And you can see it all in a big, in a big, um, on a, like a, it's like a spreadsheet, like an electronic spreadsheet columns. And, uh, but it's data. I mean, it's, it's current, you know, it's tweets and Facebook posts and things like that. And you can see them all. This and is exciting. Yeah, it is. It's, if you like, I am addicted to information. If you like information, <laughs> which, you know, and you like to read about what's happening right now, Hootsuite is just one of the best tools, you know, to, to keep you on top of what's happening um, every day in your areas of interest for your film. Yes. Wonderful. Well, now, yeah. you sent me a file that I really enjoyed. It says the percentage of interest of Internet users who use each service. So go over that with us. It's got them all listed out, and it's quite interesting. Right. So Starts with Facebook. Right. Yeah. Um, internet users, 79% of Internet users are on Facebook uh, wow, that's a lot. The data from 2016, yes. And then it goes all the way down to 32% on Instagram and down to 31% on Pinterest, 29% on LinkedIn, and 24% on Twitter. So when you see that, you see that Facebook is three times bigger than Twitter. You automatically know where to put your time and your attention. Unless you've just got somebody who's a Twitter addict on your team and who – you know, can be extremely effective inside Twitter. So there's so there's the facts of the of the of the world as it exists right here, which is 79% of internet users are on Facebook, and only 24% are on Twitter. So you can make your decision that way, and you're going to spend your time on Facebook instead of Twitter. But if you have somebody on your team who spends eight hours a day on Twitter and loves Twitter, then you're going to make some adjustments. You know, it's right. all going to depend on the quality of your team and who's on your team and what do they like to do. Say you have somebody who loves Pinterest and can spend two or three hours a day on Pinterest and it's a piece of cake for them and they love it and they get really good results. So you're going to make subtle adjustments depending on the unique qualities of your personal team for your film. 
Well, I notice that Instagram and Pinterest are really close. One is 32% Uh and the Uh other is 31%. And Uh so what's the difference between the two, and why would you use both instead of just one? That's going to go down to your subject. That's going to go down to your subject um, and where – when you go into the search in, on Instagram and you type in your subject, you're going to see how many people, it gives you an instant read of how many people are posting about this particular subject. And then you go on Pinterest and you do the same thing and you'll see if there's more of your particular subject on Pinterest, then maybe you should put your time there. But let's say you hate Pinterest. You don't even like it and you really love Instagram <laughs> and you love posting photos, you know, and it's really easy for you and you can post inspirational um, pictures with inspirational quotes and that's what you really, really, really want to do, then you have to make sure your team is happy. If that's where somebody wants to be, then let them be there. They're going to be much more productive and much more effective. Um, and we, I would say that for, I'm just going to use the way to honor because it's the most recent example, I would say that um, Pinterest had more click-throughs. We did a test on Pinterest and it probably had more click-throughs than Instagram uh, oh. when we just did a test on one day. Yeah. Uh-huh. So that's the other thing that you're going to look at, how many are getting you the results that you want, which they are clicking through to your Facebook page or whatever link that you've given them. They're clicking through to your email list and signing up for your email. They're clicking through to your website and reading about your film. They're clicking through to your trailer and they're watching your film. So that's, you know, you can – Play them equally until you find out which one's actually delivering you results. And then you know where okay. to put your attention. Well, um, okay. Now, how often should you post on each platform? Once a day is fine at first, but again, it's going to depend on the, the people and what, and what phase you are in your fundraising or what phase you are in your production. Um, once a day is fine when you're first starting out, and then as more things begin to happen for you, two times a day, three times a day, and you know, spread it out a little bit if you can. But once a day is fine at first. But okay. be careful because you might get addicted. <laughs> you can get addicted. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> of course. Lots of good eye candy on Instagram and Pinterest. and Oh, gosh. You can go down a rabbit so hole can- and... Next thing you know, you've got to pick up your kids. <laughs> hours go by, right? Oh, my gosh. All right, yeah. great. Now, how about email lists? What do you think about email lists? How's the best way to use those? Well, here's what's interesting about email. In the, in the research that I've read lately is um, generally um, you're going to get a 30 to 40% open rate and response rate by email, whereas Facebook could be 1%, 2%, maybe 5% um, response rates and reach rate, you know, actually people who are interacting with you and communicating. So if your email list is small, but you have 40% of the people are opening it and reading it and taking action from your email, then that's a really, you know, that's a really good list. Um, so that's one of the things to understand is that people are more likely, some people are more likely to read email than they are to spend time on Facebook because they're at work, I guess. I don't know. I don't know why exactly, but it's just kind of how it is. And I think everybody, every one of your fans chooses how they want to stay interacting with your project. 
for some of them it's just easiest to stay on Facebook. For some of them it's easier to um, open email. That's why you want to be where your people are. Some people just prefer to stay on Instagram. I've seen a number of my friends get off of Facebook lately, and they only stay on Instagram. And um, so that was kind of interesting. But it's you know it's still the big the big giant, the big BMS in the room. Um, so I don't know if that answers the question or I kind of. Yes. Yes. There, but, Very good. Oh, email list. Okay. And so here's something else that's really fascinating. I just learned about email is that, um, you know, there's a lot of different email services you can use to make your emails look really great, but guess what? Those aren't the ones that get the best results. Isn't that interesting? So the very yeah. simple ones that are just text emails on the email list, short, uh, one paragraph sentences, one or, uh, yeah, one or two sentence paragraphs, and maybe three paragraphs, so you're talking six sentences altogether. Um, those are the ones that get the best results. Isn't that interesting? Yes, that but is. But not, not the fancy pictures and not with the fancy columns and all of that kind of stuff because, you know, people are – um, most people are on um, digital overload. And so although for a while when text emails, you know, text emails were not getting any effectiveness, so people turned into graphic emails, HTML emails, um, the graphics, and um, that got more interaction and more response rates. But now it's gone back the other way, which I think is really fascinating. I just read that a couple of weeks ago and I was like, yeah. The pendulum swings back and forth. <laughs> well, you know, it looks personal. I mean, Jill Ann Spitzmiller of Documentary How-To, she's just brilliant at this. And she'll send me an email, just like you're saying, chart three paragraphs, has a lot of info in it. And I and always I think, oh, how sweet of you, Jill Ann, to bring me up to date. And then I pull back and realize, oh, my gosh, this is a giant mailing that she did to everybody. Right. But yeah. I feel yeah. it's so personal. I really like it. It's a little I bit like more personal. It. Yeah, yes. it's a little bit more personal, and it's a little bit more effective right now. And that's yes, just... and it, it, the point is, if you really like the filmmaker and you like the project that they're working on, you like to be updated. You appreciate that. It's not that you're asking for money. You're just telling us, here's what's happened. It's exciting. I want to share it. Yeah. I really yeah. think that is the way to get money, by staying in contact. Because I can tell you that people who've applied for my grant before – and not one, but got a consultation from me. And over the next year, constantly stayed in touch every two months, let's say, with an update on their film. When they came in the next year, I paid attention to what they did. Of course, yeah. Yes, people want to work with people they know. You know, yes. and they, they have a bit of a shorthand with, and you're already in their attention. Yeah. Yep. Your talent and is not was, enough. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's who you know and how you treat them, you know, and as long as it's personal and short and friendly and caring, uh, it, it's well received. So yep. I understand yes, why that is. works. But what about the telephone? I mean, I still love the telephone, but it's hard to get anybody to answer you, Melinda. Um, <clears throat> that's a good question. Well, again, it's going to depend on the level of technology expertise of each person, what's really going to work for them. But, you know, you just um, – what I would do if I have trouble getting somebody on the phone is I, I know a lot of people don't answer the phone now. I'd send them, a, send them a message 
I leave a message, send them a text, say, hey, I just sent you, I left you a voicemail, and I'll send it to you by email. And then send them a quick email, too, which says our crowdfunding, I know you were interested in donating to our film, and I wanted to let you know our our we're setting up our gifts right now, and here's a sample of our our gifts or our perks that you that you might be able to choose. And it looks like our start date is going to be blah blah blah. That's brilliant. So, yeah. Yeah. So that would work. You know, just little things like that. But I always, if I've got you know a real message that I want to get a response from, I do everything. I send a text, leave a voicemail, <laughs> and a quick email. <laughs> Great. Because anything worth doing is worth overdoing, Carol. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this is why you've done so well for all of our grant winners. Everybody loves you. They love working with you. So wait, let's just take a minute here and tell people how they can reach you. Oh, uh, just MelindaAugustina at gmail.com. Just my name at gmail.com is the best way. Or, and uh, you you take a client on and you help them with their social networking. Is that it? Tell us what you do. Right, with their social media. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. It depends on, you know, whoever's on their team. I'll either train the people on their team, which is what we're doing right now for um, Starry Sky Productions. And, um, oh, you know, I'm so glad you're working whole, with Judy and her team. Oh, that's great. Yeah, because their whole team is they, – they want their whole team to be making a contribution on social media, which is fabulous and great. When you've got a team of people, that really just makes your job so much easier. Yeah, exactly. The the effort of promotion makes your job easier. If you've got 10 people, you know, and each one of those 10 people has maybe 20 people who really, really, really want to donate, that's so great. That's like 200 people who are going to make donations to your film. Excuse me. Yes, that is great. Well, okay, um, let's talk about the soft launch and then the big launch, and how do you feel about that? Um, You know, it's just like opening a store or anything else. Often many, many people now have a soft launch for a restaurant or a soft launch for a retail store where they invite their close friends and family to come in and – you know, have the experience and give them feedback on it. So for your first week, you could do a, a soft launch with your friends and family or even maybe 10 days and let them test out your crowdfunding and let them make donations and um, give you feedback on your perks and give you feedback on the process. Is it an easy process? Is the website, is the um, crowdfunding website working properly? Do they get lost in the process? Because that's really, really, really important. Um, Some people just don't want to make donations online. And if they come back and tell you that, you go, that's fine. You can write us a check. It's no big deal. So, you know, that's one thing that you have to be aware of. Some people don't like to make donations online. And they want to write a check instead. So you have to make an adjustment. I think, um, again, most all of the websites, all of the crowdfunding websites will tell you the same thing, that um, if you secure 23 to 30% of your funds within your first few days or within your first week before you launch your big way, then you are, those are the people who are most likely to reach their goals. You're going to have a successful campaign. Yes. So you do your soft launch with your friends and family who've made the commitment to make a donation within the first week. 
and then they give you feedback on the site and let you know how it's going. And then in week two, you start to share the link on social media. But you make it kind yes. of private. Make it private. Make it, you know, <clears throat> if you want. Some people, when they do the big launch with the link and everything, they'll have a party. But I don't know how many people are doing that anymore. It used to be fun because it was unique and it was different. and Nobody did it. But now everybody's doing it. So I don't know that those parties are actually doing anything. And you just kind of right. have to know your own crowd. If your crowd's over 30 and they all have kids, <laughs> They may not be up for the party anymore, so they may just want you to make it easy on them. I don't know. Everybody's crowd, you know, everybody's friends and family is different, so you have to do what really works. Right. Your particular. Um, your crowd, what's right for your crowd, right. Yeah, your personal crowd, yes. You see, I think it's all about why you're making the film, and I and filmmakers usually forget that. Why are you making this film? Why is it so important to you? Put your heart on the page. Tell us that. And then we're more likely to donate to you. It can be as simple as this is a short film I'm making, and with this I can get into the film industry. So you're really helping me uh, for my life's purpose. And uh, that's being honest. That's true. I'm doing this because my my mother had Alzheimer's, and I want to bring this information to light. Those are the things I look for, and I'm sure that most filmmakers, if they put that personal stuff in from the very beginning, it will help them. Yes, absolutely. It's that. Yep, it's that personal story and that personal. Um, that personal commitment and that personal passion, and that's what people are curious about. You know, that's what yes, people are curious yes. about. Because they, they get enough ads, you know, for stuff that is not emotionally interesting to them. So, right. you yeah. know, ads that are emotionally interesting to them, something that's going to give them something back emotionally, you know, that's definitely definitely the biggest calling card you've got. Right. Well, Melinda, what do you think is the biggest mistake that filmmakers make with social media? Um, so thinking that somehow it's a magic wand or it's magical, that's probably the biggest mistake that they make. Social media is a mature media now. It's just a mature media, just like newspaper, just like websites, just like magazines. It's a mature media now. So to think that everything's going to happen like a magic wand or virally somehow magically your your posts are going to go viral and that's probably the biggest mistake that they make so since it is a mature media you have to treat it like a mature media and it's um I would say it's a mature media but it's an affordable media for you um you will probably have to do pay a small amount to do some a like campaign a likes campaign so that you get uh, you know, you find more people who are interested in your subject um, because you'll either spend a lot of time doing that or you'll spend a little bit of money doing that. So it's kind of up to you. Right. So that's the biggest mistake that they make is thinking that it's magical. <laughs> it isn't. It's just another tool to use, and it is a, another form of media, and you need, need to integrate it into your whole media campaign. If you're going to do press releases, if you're going to call newspapers and, you know, look, you know, look for interviews when you go to film festivals, 
all of those things, you know, social media is integrated into all of that. Because anybody yes. that you call for a for say you're going to a film festival in Chicago, anybody there that you call because you want some some media for your project when it's in this film festival, they're going to want to know what's your Facebook, what's your Twitter, what's your Instagram, what are all those things. It's it's a it's a fact of life for promoting right. film. Fact unless again, unless you've got some kind of a different format and titles, you've got something extremely different and you've already got your people and those people aren't interested in social media and you know, then that's a completely different animal. You know, there there may be people like that and there may be films like that, you know, that are very, very specific about that sort of thing. But for the majority of them you absolutely must include it in your overall marketing and PR understanding. Right. That makes a lot of sense. Well, I sincerely thank you for all this information. It's just really appreciated. Okay. I hope that it's helpful. Um, And then, Carol, you know, I know that at one time I sent you that uh, link for people who want to figure out how much money they can probably raise through crowdfunding. Do you still have that link? Do you want to – I don't know if you could put that link on this page. I think that's one of the most – one of the best tools – do you remember that one? It's one yes, of the best send that to me a, again you know, and, and uh, Claire, with a copy to Claire. We'll get that link up with this title. Yeah, that's right. Okay, I think yeah. that's really important because that does a lot of the work um, for you as far as understanding reality. <laughs> Let's put it that way. <laughs> yes, and that's the important side. Well, I sincerely thank you for what you do for all of our uh, grant winners and what you're doing for filmmakers every day. Melinda, you've got your handle on this. You really understand social media, and it sounds like you love what you do, right? I do most of the time, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when I'm getting good results, I love it. When I'm not getting results and I can't figure it out, I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> well, same as all of us. Okay, well, yeah. thank you so all much. Right. You are so welcome. Thanks. Thanks, Claire. You're welcome. It was great. Be well, everyone. Okay, bye-bye. Okay. Okay. Bye. Bye-bye. Now, in its second edition, Carol Dean's popular Carol book, The Art of Film Funding, has 12 new chapters to cover all areas of film financing and how to avoid expensive pitfalls. Learn how to start with an idea and end with a trailer. How to make an ask for money. Create your story structure and your trailer. Legal advice. Fair use. Successful crowdfunding. How to ask for music rights and what insurance you can't shoot without. Available on Amazon under Carol Dean and at FromTheHeartProductions.com. I want to remind our listeners that David Raiklin is a brilliant and talented award-winning musician who scores films and can compose music for a trio or for a full orchestra. David is a very good friend to the independent filmmaker and comes highly recommended by From The Heart Productions. If you need music to help tell your story, please contact him at davidraiklin.com. That's david, R-A-I-K-L-E-N.com. And Carol and I want to thank you for tuning in to The Art of Film Funding. 
please visit our website at fromtheheartproductions.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter. Good luck with your films, everyone.